Hi everyone, Uh, welcome back to 20-something. This is a special episode because Hallie and I are together in Colorado. Um, Yes, we are. That is Perrin. And that's Hallie. And we are in Boulder, Colorado. Um, Finally together after however many episodes. This Mm -hmm. will be our 10th episode, which is kind of a big deal um, to get to 10. Number 10, here we go. Um, and a very exciting episode for us. We're going to be talking about things we learned from our moms. Um, mm-hmm. And we're going to dive freaking right in because we're together. We just went on a couple hikes. Um, Hallie, Hallie had her first hike. <laughs> she said, this is the most I've ever been in nature. It was great. <laughs> uh, it was amazing. We did, um, if you're familiar with the Golden Boulder area, we did the Red Rocks Trail with her sweet sister, Marnie. Marnie joined us for both. And then we did the Royal Arch Trail that's in Chautauqua National Park. It so. was amazing. I honestly, I love hiking. I think I'm addicted to it now. Um, I am a little bit sore uh, which is good. And, um, yes, shout out to Marnie who joined us for both of those. Love you, sis. Um, okay, let's jump in. Parent, what is, what's like, give me a one thing and then, and then we'll go one, one, one. Okay, cool. Okay. Or maybe we just start by saying, talking about who our moms are as human beings. Okay. So, um, and, this is something that I feel grateful for because I I think we both have really good relationships with our moms. Yeah. Um, my mom, her name's Ann Clore, and she is an avid volunteer and the most caring human being. She recently, just a few years ago, started her own college consulting business. So she works with students to support them through the college admissions process and figuring out where they want to go to school. Um, she's a great cook and just a lovely, wonderful human being, um, who's always looking out for everyone. Okay. Now I would say, um, my mom, her name is Diane. Shout out Diane. We Um, love Diane. She is a fireball. She is, um, a badass in every sense of the word. Like she was the best, role model growing up the best like she was she worked she was a mom she had three kids she was like did it all and she never complained once and she never seemed to get like still she's never like had a breakdown like my mom is always like like just the strongest person I've ever met Mm. um she works uh in development for IU um and she um I don't know. She raised us all like she moved us to Bloomington. So she was she was the career woman. So Mm -hmm. when her and my dad got married, she was she made more money than my dad. Like and she was three years younger than my dad. So she was a bad bitch and um, killed it. And then she had all three kids and then finally quit her job. And we moved to Bloomington. So they were in Pittsburgh, moved to Bloomington. And she became like a full time, like stay at home mom for a while. And like gave up her like crazy career to raise us which I'll always be thankful for her like for and Mm -hmm. I think it's one of the reasons we're really close because she was there and she was always like in our lives right but then she dove into work head first when we were like not even all out of out of um the house like I think we're in high school she dove back into work and like continued to be this super successful woman in the workplace as well so 
I've just never seen her fail. I feel like that's so impressive too. And something as a woman, I think of in my own career, okay, if I want to have a family at some point, does that mean I have to give up something? Or even if I want to be a stay-at-home mom for a period of time, will I ever have the opportunity to go back into the workforce? And that's, Mm -hmm. it's, I don't know. I think it's so liberating to hear success stories like your mom's like, you know, and I think that it's all a matter of believing in yourself. A hundred percent. And that's something that's a role model, right? Like that's what I learned from her is she always seemed to have this self-confidence about her Mm. that I I think is lacking in general with our generation. Mm. And like, she was always like confident in the way she looked in the way she acted in the way her personality was. And like, I think that attributed a lot to her success, but, um, that also attributed a lot to how Marnie and I, her two daughters are like women. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. I think it just helps. And that's super interesting is the success stories of like, I think now there's such a stigma and you have to be like, Oh, are you going to be a a mom or Mm -hmm. are you going to be a career woman? Right. And it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I don't know. I also think just going into that, like taking a break from work in general, regardless of what it is, doesn't mean that you aren't capable of going back. And I agree. Um, but anyway, that could be a, a whole nother subject. Hallie, should be. Yeah. When we get there, when we get there, it will Eventually. be. <laughs> um, Hallie, what are some of like the lessons your mom taught you growing up? Like, I feel that moms are super important as mm-hmm you know, being women and having them in your life as a role model, there's different things that you go through, like, you know, getting, going through puberty and everything (laughs) that goes on with that. And then also learning how to like shave your legs if you choose to do that. And think about how much our moms had to deal with. Like, like, could you, I can't even imagine raising me at puberty. Oh, first of all, yeah. Let's just take a little moment to bless them and thank them for those moments of I was oh I was just an angel to deal with yes seriously I was a nightmare full nightmare and like shout out to Ann Clore and Diane for being super gracious and Mm. for not complaining or at least I don't remember them complaining Mm. um or my mom complaining at least that she definitely had to raise a terror because there were days where I was just a 16 year old mess. Yeah. (laughs) Same. Or even, I mean, I think my years between 12 and probably 16, 16 or 17, I was just not the best to my mom. And I think it's something that I really reflect on now. I, I feel our relationship got so much better when I left for college and started thinking about, wow, all the stuff she did for us. I mean, my mm-hmm. mom, she did our laundry. She cooked dinner for us every night. She she went above and beyond, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I didn't realize that there are things that, are, that were to be grateful for until yeah. I got to a point in my life where I was like, oh, this actually takes time and energy to do. This is a ton. This mm-hmm. is a ton of work, and it's – And yeah, I think same. I would agree completely. I didn't realize how much she did until I left. Mm -hmm. And I think we were close then and I think we're close now. I will say one 
lesson, but also just way that the reason my mom and I are so close is she was always very um, serious about being honest. Like if, mm. like if we got in trouble, if or like if we did something bad or um, had something on our minds that was like taboo or um, anything, she would just say, "Okay, you can talk to me about it. You can be honest." Like this didn't happen, but pretend like I robbed a bank. Mm -hmm. If I was honest with her and told her I robbed a bank, like it would be like, she had like the way they wouldn't punish us the way they, she taught me how to communicate with her was be totally honest. If I was having a bad day with a teacher and I thought my teacher was a B, mm-hmm. I would be like, mom, this teacher's a B. I hate her so much. And my mom would be like, okay, well, why? And instead of getting mad at me about like respecting authority, she would talk to me about why I hated my teacher for this reason. And then mm-hmm. through talking about it, she would be like, well, what about like, you know, your teacher probably thinks this. Right. And she would make it this kind of lesson every time. And I don't know how she did it, but she would, I've never got in trouble ever. That's so awesome. I feel that's something, if I ever have children, I would really want to be considerate of, of just being able to have that open communication of, mm-hmm. hey, like come to me and let's With talk. Anything. Yeah. Let's talk about these things you're dealing with. My mom was similar in that way of, I think both my parents made it a point like, look, you know, we're here to support you as individuals Mm -hmm. and we're going to talk things through with you. And also Uh you aren't always going to be the perfect human being. Yes, And I think that that's something that my parents both were really good at is not making us feel like, hey – you're a golden child and you're perfect and you could do no wrong in the world. And, (laughs) and that's what it makes me great because there are some parents who I, I also, right. And I also don't blame them. I'm sure it's like amazing to have a child that is your flesh and blood living and you, it's hard to get in that mindset of, Hey, they aren't perfect. Right. But I think to raise effective human beings, you have to recognize, look, like this person has a mind of their own Mm -hmm. and it would be a disservice to them to act like they're perfect. It probably helped with the humility too. Mm -hmm. Like I definitely think that that was something, it's true, we're not, obviously not perfect, but like that's that's a super interesting point to that your parents didn't tell you you were perfect. Mm -hmm. I think that's an amazing um I'm gonna write that in my book same but you're not perfect and you don't deserve everything and like you know there's other people who have opinions in your life and needs and Mm -hmm. yeah I think I don't know Mm -hmm. it's just Mm -hmm. I completely agree what about okay this is something Mm -hmm. did your mom talk to you about sex so, this is so funny. <laughs> Sorry, mom. We're going to get into it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. I, I I found out about sex from my grandma, actually. Though. No way. <laughs> yes. Okay. Story yeah. time. And um, I honestly can't remember fully how it happened. Um, but I do remember we were in my grandparents' house who live in Kentucky. It's my mom's mom. Mm -hmm. And 
I think it was just me and my sister, um, who's two years younger. Mm -hmm. And we're up in the bedroom and Nana is tucking us in saying goodnight. And Mm -hmm. I think we just brought it up. We were like, how do babies happen? (laughs) And then we had all these questions. I really, I should ask my mom again because I know that my grandma called my mom after and was like, they have so many questions about this and (laughs) Lauren. I also remember thinking it was just the most gross thing in the world. And I was like, I will never do that. I cannot believe my parents did that. And then, and then my mom, my mom and I have like talked about, you know, her own sex life and, um, yeah, we're pretty open. What about you? We're we're definitely open. I found out about sex from my neighbor, from my yeah, from my neighbor who was like a year older, who mm-hmm. was in like the sex ed part of like sixth grade or fifth grade or something. And so I was like in probably fourth grade or I might have been even younger. It might have been like first grade. I can't remember, but I found out about sex like younger than most people are, or at least what I felt like was young mm-hmm. and what my mom felt like was young. And so I asked her then And my mom was like, well, this is what it is. And like, this is what it is physically, like, like scientifically. Yeah. And then, so like when I was little, it was like about the science of it. Here's a penis. Here's a vagina. I didn't like call my vagina like anything weird though. My mom and dad were very like, this is your vagina. This is a penis. Not like, this is your flower and this is a banana. Like, (laughs) which was, I appreciate it. Or at least I appreciate now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Um, that was nice. My brother and I used to fight over who had a weenie. (laughs) (laughs) no that's amazing oh my god not to derail no I loved that um (laughs) we are the girls have teeny weenies um but anyway so um uh anyway and so then that was when I was young and then when I got older and asked her about it like more and more we we've always been totally open like when I like first like I don't know like she knew that Matthew and I like were our relationship and like probably too much like math like my like she knows everything my mom knows everything not to a gross point but just like like I don't know I feel like I asked her about blowjobs I Mm -hmm. asked her because I didn't really know like what that was when I was like 16 or 15 or I knew what it was but I I was like is this like real like do people really have to do this Mm -hmm. and she was like you don't have to do anything right and she meant like she was like you don't have to do anything but like here's what the things are yeah and like here's what you can do you don't have to do any of it you can do whatever and she was always just open. Like I would just ask her all these random questions about sex with other people about like, is it okay to like a lot of my friends were promiscuous and I was like, is it weird that they're having sex with a bunch of people? Cause I yeah. didn't know. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, they, that's their body. If they want to, they can. See, that's so awesome. I, and I think that that shows your mom's like open-minded approach mm-hmm. to people's life choices beyond just sex. And I think that that's also like a really cool opportunity that, or mindset that your mom was able to promote Mm -hmm. for your life and your Mm -hmm. siblings life of like, Hey, you know, this might not be what you choose to do. It also might be what you choose to do, but regardless, it's your body and your decision, whether it comes to like your sex life, you know, your work life, your relationships in whatever way. Right. And I feel like that's just so healthy. I think for me it was. Um, and I feel 
I don't know. I, I think because she was so open about everything, I wasn't promiscuous. Hmm. That mm-hmm. was like the weird part is she was like, we were so open with all of the sex stuff that I didn't, I was like super prude because I knew all of it and I knew what people were doing and I like didn't want to, like, I think it helped me not be promiscuous, which is so funny. It was almost like she did like a mind twist on me. Like sure. she was so open that I was like, nah, I'm not into it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like a benefit. Right. Well, I feel like when, I mean, that's just sort of how life goes sometimes whenever something feels like a scarce or secretive, it's like, oh, I need to figure this out. I need to do a little investigation. But if you know, then right. you can approach it in a healthy way and mm-hmm. figure out, oh, okay, how do I want to incorporate this in my life? Well, and I think some people, like I remember my friends whose parents never talked to them about sex ever, like their mm-hmm. mom never did, dad never did. And they were the ones who would kind of for lack of a better word, have sex with everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, because they were like, oh, well, like, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe it was like a a rebellion thing mm-hmm. or maybe it wasn't. I don't know. But um, it was interesting that, what is that called when you like tell someone not to do, like when you tell someone to do something and they don't do oh. it? Oh, gosh. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, like it's reverse psychology. Reverse psychology. That's maybe. <laughs> Mom, if that's what you did, you were really, really damn smart. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Reverse psychology. Be super open about sex and they probably won't want to do it because they'll be freaked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or they'll just do it in an educated way. We right. actually, you know what? This is so funny. This I didn't even think of this at first, but I went to a sex ed um, course with both of my parents. No At my way. church. No way. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I love that. We grew up, um, disciples of Christ, which is a, like similar to Methodist. Okay. Um, and what I loved about my church community is they were very welcoming of all belief systems. Love that. And so, I mean, even though the majority of people who attended the church regular, regularly were Christian, mm-hmm. we also had atheists and, and people of all really different beliefs that were Love welcome that. in our community. Um, and so it's a little bit more liberal than the majority of um, at least Christians in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. It was nice being... At first, I was mortified to be I in this been, group I, yeah. with, like, other kids, <laughs> boys and girls. Um, How old were you? I think I was 12 or 13. Okay. That's a and good age for yeah. it. I mean, shoot, sooner the better, probably. We were just sitting in a circle all with our parents, and I'm like, hmm, I don't really want to talk to them about this. <laughs> like, this isn't a part of my life yet, yeah. and this lady is showing us a banana and a condom and oh my God. talking to I us about die. how we're I not supposed to die. rip the condom open with our teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, great. Thank you. We're oh, done. Okay, <laughs> but it was Love still, it. it was actually really great. Well, and that, that set you up for open communication because mm-hmm. your parents were there too. Right. So that's interesting. That's a good way to go about it too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I don't want to focus this no, all no, on no. sex Me though. Too. What Me are, too. what are some other things that your mom taught you um, or some like, are there any moments that you can think back to of like, Oh, that was a really good lesson that I learned from my mom. 
Let me think. Okay. You go first. Well. Because I'm thinking, one thinking that, of one. <laughs> one that comes up for me. Um, so, and this actually wasn't directly to me, but it was with my sister. And my mom drove a minivan. She, she like. Love had, a minivan. Yeah. She had this minivan. It was getting old. And my sister, who's the youngest, was still getting dropped off at school by my mom Uh and this minivan the brakes were messing up on it and so every time she turned or like braked it squeaked (laughs) (laughs) and I remember my sister just being so frustrated that she had to ride in that van to school yeah and get dropped off and she said to my mom she's like why can't you just get a new car and my mom said, Emma, you know what? This keeps us humble. Oh, I and, love that. And it's not even, I don't, I don't know. It, it's not even that significant, I think. But it just demonstrates my mom's, like, lack of need for material things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, okay, yes, this squeaks. And it's a little bit embarrassing. But... This car is getting us where we need to be, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we don't need to, like, have everything be perfect in life. I love that. Um, and she's lit with that with everything. Like, my mom's not one to be super, like, fashion-centered. She looks cute because she's just a cute yeah, human Yeah, I was going to say, no, she looks cute all the time. But, <laughs> yeah, but she's not like, okay, I need to go shopping all the time, and I need to make sure my hair and makeup look perfect. Yeah. Like, growing up, she would support me and my sister in figuring out what we wanted our looks to be, mm-hmm. but she never forced us into anything. And I, I mean, I have really curly hair naturally. Yeah. And it was really important to me not to have super curly hair, especially Mm -hmm. when I was in middle school. And so I remember she would spend nights with me because it was important to me, not because she thought I needed to do it, but she would spend nights with me straightening my hair for me. Oh, that's so and nice. um, she wanted you to feel beautiful in mm-hmm. the way that you wanted to feel beautiful. Right. That's great. And, and it was never like, okay, we need you to do this, this, and this right. to look good. Right. She was supportive of whatever we felt good doing. In that same vein, um, my mom would tell us, like, she was very, um, she never talked about, she never spoke about beauty in, like, the way that most people do. Like, she, so if we were going shopping, my mm-hmm. sister and I and my mom, let's say we were all going shopping, and we were in the dressing room trying things on. If something looked bad on us, like if we tried on, because I remember there were weird fads in like middle school and high school where it was like people wanted gauchos. Mm-hmm. Do you remember those? Yeah, I wore gauchos. gauchos. Totally. But gauchos were like on me, on like Marnie and I were pretty short mm-hmm. and they looked really bad on us because yeah. we were kind of short and like, you know, not, it wasn't our look. And she told us, she was like, yeah, you're not going to get those. <laughs> and um, we ended up getting a different pair, but she would tell us if something looked 
not good on us and not because she wanted us to feel bad mm-hmm. but because she would she would pull something else out and go well why don't you try this on yeah and then we would look in the mirror and be like oh and she'd go don't you look great and we'd be like yeah we I look love that. great that's so cute and she would really try and help us figure out what we liked about ourselves mm-hmm. and like it was never in a mean way it was never in a you have to feel good about yourself. Like it wasn't in a forced, because I feel like sometimes there can be a lot of like, you look so beautiful. You look mm-hmm. so beautiful. And mm-hmm. like, it's almost like a forced, you look so beautiful. Yeah. But she would make us feel like we really did look beautiful. It was because like it was, authentic. Yeah, it was It was coming from us. She wouldn't say like, oh, you look so great in that. She would, she would say, well, do you feel like you look great in yeah. that? And we'd go, yeah. And she'd be like, well, so do I. Yeah. Like, so I like it was, that. It was from us. So I don't know. I think it was, it helped my self-esteem anyway. I that's think. awesome. I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's something that's so precious and important to share with like young women and mm-hmm. how can, how can you support someone in like loving themselves? Yep. And that's more important than any amount of like doting upon you right. can do for right. someone. And I have know? to say, I appreciated that now because when I was 16 and I wanted my mom to just say, you look gorgeous. Right. And she wouldn't, she'd be like, well, do you feel like you look gorgeous? Yeah. And I was like, mom, I just want you to tell me I look pretty. Right. Which is, which also, now I appreciate it though. <laughs> but I feel like that's such a real thing for any relationship. And I think even in romantic relationships, there can be this desire of, oh, I want my partner to be like, oh, you look gorgeous or you, you know, like give you compliments. But if you don't feel that for yourself, then it doesn't matter. Then it doesn't matter at all. And then it creates this like dependence on this other person to give you a false sense of self-love. Totally. You have to love yourself. Like RuPaul says, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love anybody else? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's true. And it starts with all of that. It starts with the stuff when we're 12, when we're 13, when we're 16. It's crazy right. that our moms did that. Right. I think it's crazy that our moms taught us how to be strong women. Because mm-hmm. we're pretty strong women. Yeah, I mean, we, we started a podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh. And you're here. You're listening. <laughs> yeah, you guys, if you have any... Um, do you have any last things you want to say? Yeah, I mean... Hallie, what are some things you do to bond with your mom? What are some things you and your mom do or you and your mom and your family do to bond together? Um, our family bonds all the time. When we're all together, it's like a crazy family bonding all the time. Mm-hmm. But my, I'm, my mom, I call my mom at least, at least once a day, mm-hmm. if not more than that. I love so that. When- <laughs> I do too. Like, actually. I know. Do do you yeah. do you call your mom a lot? Oh yeah. I really call her a lot. It's probably my husband makes fun of me because he's like, "Really, you're gonna call your mom again?" Yeah. I'm like, but I I just need to know about this one thing. So same. <laughs> I I mean, anytime I'm in any sort of predicament in my life, I'm like, I'm just gonna call my mom. I do the same thing. Like, I'll call my I'll call my husband first. I have learned to do that because my mom. When we first were dating, I would still call my mom. Yeah. And when we were engaged, I would call my mom, and that was one thing. Even. And my mom was like, you got to call your husband first. So I do. I call Matthew. Love you, Matthew. Shout out. But um, I'll call my mom. (laughs) I love that. Uh, Maybe that's a good thing to end on. I love that. Call your mom. Yeah, call your mom. (laughs) 
Um, let her know you love her. Let her know some of the things that you've learned from her and that you appreciate about her. Because I think regardless, being a mom, there is something or not. I'm acting like I'm as if I'm a mom, <laughs> being a mom. But I think that <laughs> moms give a lot. Moms give a ton. Moms give their whole lives. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. They give their whole lives. And I hope that one day if I have a daughter, I am half as good as my mom was. Yeah. Truly. Like, Same. I feel like she was my superhero. Mm-hmm. Like when people ask who your hero was, mine was definitely my mom and is definitely my mom still. Mm-hmm. And I hope that I can be half as good as she was. Same, same. So, Ancore, Diane, we love you so much. We love you so much. Um, Guys, if you have any stories about your moms, um, please write in because we can read some of those um, on any other podcast if we do this in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, We would love to share if anyone has good stories about their mom or or their their mother figure. Some people, unfortunately, grow up without a mom and maybe it was your aunt or maybe it was your next door neighbor and we'd love to hear about those too. So um, absolutely right in. Thank you as always for listening um, to 20 something. Follow us on Instagram. 20 something underscore pod. All right, everyone. We will see you back here next week. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.